Welcome to the LegalSoft Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Nathan Sumek, the VP of LegalSoft. He's joined by my boss, Pawnees Rad. Pawnees is head of public relations here at LegalSoft. Pawnees and Nathan go way back, so we're going to have a little bit of a candid conversation with the two of them. I think you'll enjoy this. This is 21 Questions with the Boss. Your subscriptions and likes mean the world to us. We wouldn't be a podcast without your help. If you haven't subscribed yet, please consider hitting that subscribe button. We have new episodes every week. Welcome, everyone. The moment we've all been waiting for, 20 questions with Nathan and Pawnees. We're going to dive into getting to know myself, Vice President here at LegalSoft. The honor of having Pawnees here on her birthday interviewing me. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what questions she has in store. Pawnees, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to ask you 21 questions and just like chit chat. We've been talking about this for a while. For a while. So let's just get to it. Do you have a middle name? No, no middle name. Uh, My parents gave up on my middle name. Gave my sisters both middle names, but not me. But do they call you like Nathaniel or is it just Nathan? Nathan, Nate Dog, Nate, any of those. And where do those like nicknames come from? Like rooted from? Friends, family? Grade AIM. Oh my god, I miss AIM. That was cute. Yeah. Nate Dog, Nate Dog Baller. So you used to like video chat people on AIM? <laughs> like send little messages, oh like VC me, question mark. Yeah. And the way statuses and whatever song we're listening to at that moment. Did you always like grow up in the valley or have you ever lived anywhere else? Grew up in the valley, lived in Northern California for two years for school. And then moved back. Where is Northern California? Uh, in Berkeley. So you went to Berkeley for your bachelor's degree? Yes. Yeah, I went to Berkeley with a few of my friends. Did you like it there? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a very college town. Lived on Frat Row. A lot of fun, exciting, educational moments. I see. So were you in a fraternity? No. No, I lived on Frat Row. I had a bunch of friends in Frats, but never made time for why? You were so busy with becoming a philosopher or getting your philosophy degree that you don't want to join a frat? Um, it was just a lot of work. It was just, it was pretty hectic. I see. To like rush and you have to go through the hazing and... You're just not down. I see. Um, tell us where you went to high school. Uh, went to Taft High School. Okay. Did you play any sports? Played volleyball for a few years. Mm-hmm. So when you like Google your name on Google, like Nathan Sumek, your volleyball photo comes up, right? <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you've done that. <laughs> Are you, um, you didn't play basketball, any other sport? No, we tried playing basketball and then it was just too competitive. So the, I see. a lot of my friends just went to volleyball. I like that. I remember because I went to Elko, so you guys would always like play against our school. So it was like really competitive. And then just a lot of stuff would happen between the two schools. So it was so much like drama. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. High school was a great time. Yeah. I'm glad it's done. Yeah. And we went from there to college. And I know college, whenever I transitioned towards my last year, I was just so focused on work. And like, what kind of work were you doing? Were you working during like your schooling or what were you doing? Yeah, me and my buddies always had some company or some program that we we're doing and trying to figure out. And um, it all kind of led up to kind of where we are now. I see. So, one of the questions I asked so let's just say you're 16 years old again. A lot of people nowadays are like, oh, like I'll just be like so rich when I'm older. I really don't have to do anything. I'll marry rich or I'll do something on those lines. But you're saying an aspect that like you and your friends always had an idea of what you want to do, like a business model or something that you want to do. At what age or what kind of put you in that mindset that you're like, one day I want to do this. And then you've actually accomplished it on like others. 
Yeah, I think I always, growing up, I think of first generation parents were immigrants, uh, moved here from Iran. My mom traveled like four days on camel out of Iran and came here. And uh, we grew up on food stamps, uh, like one bedroom apartment. Then my dad started a small business. And so we're always rooted in small businesses and growing businesses. And uh, it was just the only way we knew how to survive. Um, and so in high school, I had a, a project where I sold things on Amazon. I was one of the first hair product sellers on Amazon. Oh my God, look at you. Always a business mindset, entrepreneurship. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things I wasted my time with, but some things really worked out. And then just tell us, so you just, you graduate Berkeley. Did you go straight there into after high school? Or did you go to like a two-year community college? Went to community college for two years, then transferred to Berkeley. Okay. So then what year did you graduate Berkeley? And then how did you start Legal Soft? Did it just come? High school 2016. <laughs> I graduated Berkeley 2018. 2018. Okay, right two years before COVID. So at least you got to experience college like unlike others. So then you finished school and then how did this legal soft? We got to edit all of that out. Why? I graduated Berkeley 2020. What am I expecting to see from you or what is everyone going to like see? What are you going to do that's going to be like crazy? Or what are your dreams like that you know that you can accomplish or just like stuff that you want to? Yeah. So first is really, you know, doubling and tripling down on what we currently have. Besides LegalSoft, about, I want to talk about you. So besides LegalSoft, we know LegalSoft will be 10 out of 10 always. What are your goals in like your future? Yeah, my goals in the future is you know, really just focus on the current moment. Okay. It's really just like, I got to like, because there's no future unless you kind of get there. I see. So it's super important to like every single day I wake up, how do we make the service better? How do we make the company better? How do we grow? How do we make sure the staff is happy? Um, but I think once I get a second to like calm down and do that, um, then yeah, I think eventually, I mean, hopefully you know, getting married. Um, how, how many kids are we talking about or thinking about? Everybody wants to have as many kids as, you know, they grew up with, yeah. but two older sisters is a perfect situation for me. So do you prefer like two boys, one girl, two girls, one boy, all boys, all girls? I love having two older sisters. Um, but I think it helped in a lot of different ways. Um, but I feel like when you have a sister, because they like take care, they're like nurturing, as you say all the time, that you're like this because of growing up with like sisters and like a mom. Where if you have brothers, you're more like, I don't know, like hastily, like aggressive, like you wouldn't be so like kind and like the way you are. So I feel like having daughters will portray that for like your future too. Yeah, I think both of them have their pros and cons. I have my guy friends who just have two older brothers and they're just a lot more aggressive than me. Yeah, which we don't like. We don't, we don't want aggressiveness <laughs> to each their own. Um, so I want to know, do you have anything planned for yourself in like 2024? If you want to give us a hint on what you're working on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, luckily the team's grown here and we have a lot of uh, managers and, and people involved. Um, so now we have some more time. And so I recently started writing the book. Well, almost finished the book the last two years. been writing uh, virtual staffing for law firms. Uh, so that's going to come out 2024. It's pretty much done. The cover looks great. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Um, looking forward to getting that out there. And then can you give us like a glimpse, like what typically about virtual staffing are you talking about? What is like the key components that people should look for? So a lot of people know about virtual staffing and they have virtual staff and they think they're an expert on it. Um, having hired probably over 2,500 of them and setting them up and managing them and being so hands-on initially there's a lot of key things that you have to do to make it a success. Um, growing past five virtual staff successfully is, gets a little challenging, five to 10. Um, so the book kind of outlines per practice area, per position, 
what are the KPIs to be tracking, how to onboard them, what are the incentive programs, um, how to keep them happy, um, where to find them, you know, what countries are the best for what positions. Uh, and so it's basically just all of our key tips and secrets all into one book. Um, and if you're an operations manager or you're an attorney, you can jump to any section of the book and just see what pertains to you. Oh, that's nice. Um, so if you want to see what tools your intake staff should use, all the tools are in there with a the description. If you want to know what kind of KPIs to set up for your um, intake staff or case manager, just jump to that section. It's all in there. Um, and then it has QR codes. So if you want to scan something, get an actual job description or scan something uh, and get access to our uh, tracking sheets for deliverables for your team, uh, you can do that. It's all in there. That's cool. That's really like technology future-wise. I've never seen the QR codes in books before. You mentioned KPIs. Okay, before I started working here, I don't know what KPIs are, whatever. So when everyone throws that term around, why is it so important? What does that mean giving your case manager or your intake KPIs? What does that mean? What do you get from making your KPIs? Yeah, really what it comes down to is if you hire someone, you want some results. A lot of companies hire someone and go, and don't really know what's what's working, what's not working. The person is busy, but what are they doing? Um, so KPIs is basically you're paying someone, you know, twenty five $3,000, $10,000 a month. What are you getting out of it? So creating some real KPIs, key performance indicators uh, that kind of show you what your return on is on your investment. So if it's, for instance, collecting medical records, did you collect, you know, 100 medical records in one month? And making sure everything's profitable. And then as you're growing, making sure the KPIs are growing with you. Um, whoever's doing well, bonusing them. Um, yeah. So do you think that's like really important in any in industry, not even like law firms or like legal world, everyone should just have KPIs? Because it kind of shows your value to the business, right? Yeah, we started incorporating KPIs in like my friend group chats. It's like, who's going to do what? Who's doing what? Who's who's late? Who's on time? Um, but yeah, if you're doing, if you're managing sales, if you're managing... Uh, any business, um, it's important to like, kind of create monthly KPIs. Um, and I think one thing we talk about with new lawyers who are just starting out, who have no idea, um, you know, they say, I'm just going to start my own firm. And a lot of firms, a lot of these new people say, I want to be as big as person X, right? And then, okay, great. You know, what is person X? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I hear that a lot too. I want to be like this person, but they don't know what goes into it. What does person X have? Okay, they have 3,000 cases. Okay, how do you get 3,000 cases? How much does that cost you? Okay, it costs you, you know, $3 million. Okay, how are you going to get $3 million? Okay, you can't. So by year one, you have to have this. But setting up some realistic expectations, and if you can plan that ahead of time, you can say, okay, I need half a million dollars to get started. And where do they get the half a million dollars? Like loans? They can call Pawnees. They <laughs> like call mommy and daddy or like a loan. Because, okay, let's just say I just graduated. I want my own law firm. I have to get a loan, realistically, right? Because no one has $500,000 laying around. Yeah. Um, like, let's be real. Where are people getting their money from? What you've seen? Yeah. Um, it really starts with having a clear plan. Okay. You know, if you have a plan on how to, what you're going to do with the money, where, where you're going to go with it, you know, uh, you'll have no problem getting money in. There's enough money, especially if you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, people want to bet on a winning horse. But if you're just kind of starting your firm and you have no idea what a budget is, you have no idea what expenses are, you have to generate cases, you have no track record, you shouldn't even get a loan. You shouldn't even be allowed to leave your house. Um, then I'll start your own firm. But if you have like you know someone mentoring you, coaching you, who says, okay, you need $500,000. You need to spend you know $100,000 a month on ads you need to spend fifty thousand dollars a month on staff 
By month three, you need to hire two assistant case managers and you have a clear plan laid out. You know, people will take you know, 20% of your firm initially, give you that money and you'll grow. You know, we see that more and more um, every single day with people who have some actual plans. Does LegalSoft offer something like that? Where if I just graduate like law school, I need help. Do you guys help me? Um, yeah, LegalSoft is very creative. First, because of our passion of just wanting to help if we can help. Um, connecting with the right people, uh, supporting you ourselves. Every single day we do some weird funky deal um, to just help, especially new attorneys. Even if it's like, you know, a new attorney comes here who doesn't know what's going on, they just fell off the bar. Um, connecting them with a mentor, or connecting with a bigger firm who can refer them 20 cases a month, you know, whatever it is, um, to really get the firm started. And of course, we don't do this to everyone. It's those who are ambitious, those who are like smart, who are committed. We do that with. So it's like Shark Tank. I come and say, I want to open my own law firm. I need you guys to like invest in me. So then that's basically what Legal Soft does. So who are you as one of the characters or the judges or whoever they are, the investors? I wouldn't say we're a Shark Tank. Um, we just want to help. So depending on who it is and how it is, we, we, we want to make sure we can connect with the right person and help. Um, who am I as one of the investors? I don't know. Every single day it's different. Some days we're wonderful. Some days we're Mark Cuban. Some days we're Barbara. Uh, depends on the day, depends who we're talking with and what kind of mood we're in. I always hear, because you say, and so does Hamid, because Hamid's always told me before too, like, I don't do things just to expect something back in return. We always want to help. And you say the same things as well. So do you think that's a better mentality to have than like, oh, I'm going to do this for this person so they can do this one for me too? Like kind of getting a win-win. But I feel like you guys don't expect that back in return. I feel like that's why the core company's culture, us being like successful is because of that mindset. So how do you think people should be in that mindset and kind of ensure that they'll be successful that way too, not necessarily trying to get a win from someone else too? Yeah, you. I, mean, I think you, you miss a lot of the shots you don't take. And so if you always expect to get something in return right away, um, you don't know really what can come out of it in the future. Um, so yeah, for us, it's like, you know, well, if there's a way of making it work with someone or referring them to someone or building that relationship, we will. And hopefully they do blow up and hopefully we were a part of it. I like that. What else should we chit chat about? I feel like I'm missing so many questions. Oh, what's like your favorite color? Uh, favorite color is green. Why? Because of money? <laughs> no. Because of plants? Or why do we like green? We've just been green. I think everyone was always blue growing up. Everyone's like Because a... of boy color. Like how mine's pink and you're blue right now. Yeah. No, I think mine was just green because it's a little, kind of like blue, but green. What's your favorite number? 16. Fourth grade, my teacher, Miss Wynn, numbered all of us like we're cows. <laughs> That's funny. And I was 16, and it just stuck with me to be 16. Do you know what cow means in Farsi? No, but you always call someone it. Gov. <laughs> um, what languages do you know how to speak? Like fluently, not like butchering like words. Farsi and English. Okay, should we like say something in Farsi? Talk, talk, talk to me in Farsi. We can do like translations after. This is something impressive let's impress the people who are actually listening that we can speak different languages this is not ready for this one um salam uh, um, plans are in <laughs> so funny when you talk yes man daram sunday miram italy but do hafte but i nistam but i tavalodam nah fagatam miram venice milan rome and florence uh-huh by paris budin Torafti. Uh, Bala, man, yebar laftam. Khay khay dustashtam. 
میخوام دوباره برم Um, but yeah, I definitely like having a breather with no one around to just do nothing. Do you have any animals? I have a little olive. Uh-huh. Olive's my little Bernadoodle. Um, got her, um, gosh, about a year and a half ago. Um, one of my friends, Joseph, got one and I said I liked it. He took my credit card and basically just bought me one. Okay. Easy. Just like, here you go with your own money, like a gift. Then he flew to Utah, picked her up. Um, came back and she's like my best friend now. No, she's so cute. Um, when I first moved to America in first grade, I didn't speak English. Okay, I met this girl and her name was Olive, and she, and then she goes, "Oh, my name is Olive," and I go, "Oh my god, your name is Olvie, like the Persian food." So I kept calling her Olvie, and then I would go home and tell my parents, "Oh, I met this girl named Olvie, like the Persian food that like you eat." And then I just think it's so funny that the name Olive is also a Persian like dish. And now that's why you call Olive Olvie. picture actually this is actually my new costco picture um this was this was a challenge this was probably this was like 18 shots to get olive to agree to this picture here um but very cute very cute and this was the day that you were shooting to be on a magazine as well yeah what was it called e-wire uh world leaders leaders yeah so people who entrepreneur so yeah you've been on a magazine you've been doing big things when you search nathan sumac you have a whole photo that comes up now yeah it's like great things like that the biggest thing we've done is freaking having almost close to 2,000 staff overseas work for us yeah. um provide them opportunities i mean we, we basically work for them um connecting them giving them jobs um health insurance retirement plans spouse health insurance you know we got a corporate rate for insurances so they're able to give you know their kids or family or cousins a health insurance at a quarter of the cost um and you know locally there they get you know dollars very few dollars an hour no benefits um they get to work from home take care of their family um we guarantee them jobs guarantee the you know sustainability and and structure so it's not like every day is this crazy thing um and so some of those impact impactful things were kind of being able to do that for so many agents and uh and the appreciation has been you know really amazing with with their uh but and really having the you know, being exposed to kind of the global talent really showed how you know big the world really is and how small it is at the same time where someone on the other side of the country uh for instance i have this you know one of my top team members is eula been there from the start um and you know couldn't have had this happen without her and a lot of the team members you know there's lots of team members that couldn't have this happen uh and so really just an open mindset of we don't care how it gets done but let's just get it done um allowed us to connect with people from all over the world to you know make this amazing thing happen i have a a virtual assistant as well and right before legal saw pledged the 1.3 million dollars to like for our benefits and stuff for her it was like a worry because she's not pregnant and she couldn't find jobs that was going to kind of take care of her for like mature uh leave for like spousal like for her future so she's always telling me like thank you so much like i'm so happy like now when she gets pregnant she doesn't have to worry about not making money just because 
ideally like if they live in different countries people think it's like cheaper there like their currency like living life is cheaper you still have to make money to like live your life support your kids and at least have a roof over your head so i know they're all like really happy about that i don't know any other company i'll throw a shade any other virtual staffing company that does any of these things for their virtual assistant yeah, they're probably out there and i think you know all of them have the you know you don't have to be nice you don't have to be i know that i've done my research they're not doing it the way we are because we actually care yeah no all of them are, are doing it and they're, and they're getting there the thing with us is just how hard we went so fast and uh, we have teams set up for anything that can happen we have seven global offices uh, we have compliance attorneys in every single country uh, we have all the tracking set up and the software set up um, so building out this kind of infrastructure this fast has been uh, remarkable the team appreciates it and the clients are appreciating it too let's do a, a more serious conversation so i know everyone people ask the questions or people that i know too they're like oh like you work for this company like you guys do this like i can do this myself too like i can open up this company like do the marketing for it, like social media i can do better than you guys but i don't think people understand all the materials or like I don't even know that word. All this, the comprehensive stuff that goes into it to building a successful business, not necessarily even a law firm, but like a business like this, from your experience from like starting till now, give us kind of, don't give us the full business formula, but kind of what what is it that people don't understand about running a business that they think you can just pay money and then right away they have it all. Yeah, if you talk to anyone who's done it, who's actually started a successful business, it doesn't matter what it is, no one's going to say it was easy. Uh, the same way if you go talk to any law firm and they're well-established, you go, oh, it's so easy. You just go settle a million-dollar case and you do it. No, they probably died setting up that firm. Yeah. Um, so even though sometimes we might downplay starting up a law firm and setting the whole thing up, it's it's very challenging to build anything successfully. Um, and this is one of those things. I mean, you have global challenges. You have compliance issues. You have you know, countries thinking that you're smuggling drugs dollars <laughs> a month overseas and yeah all these different things um no it, it really you know it took a global workforce to kind of get here do this and we're nowhere near done i think i'm working even harder than we did when we first started the company but for an example let's just say like when legal soft started what was like the ground that you guys had that you guys were like we can do this and this and this so like was it money, investors, like who was playing the field? I guess we're able to go straight and like build up from it. Because a lot of people be like, oh, my mommy and daddy will give me like 50 grand and I can just like do this and this. But they don't understand that. Like, for example, what we do, we do like, let's just say when you want to bring in business, you do like run the ads, like do the cold calls, email people. Like there's a lot of factors that go into it that people just think it just comes to you naturally. But it's like you have to put the work in. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's one thing that people just have to learn on their own. Okay. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> it's hard to convince anyone of anything. I think it's important to know that it is possible and that if you think you can do it, just work your ass off and do it. Uh, make sure you have enough gas to get to where you want to go, though. Don't just start driving and run out of gas. But gas is so expensive nowadays. <laughs> How are you getting there if you don't? Like, you mean as, like, I'm saying a joking. This and experience and all yeah. that stuff. Like, a lot of people try starting a, start a company and then you know, they run into a bunch of roadblocks. And got to be to get through them. Um, so no, I mean, the naysayers, I think it's important that you know, they know there is a chance and they chase it so it can happen for them. Um, and then the ones who try and don't, it's just like, it's not that easy. You just lost like so much money that people you probably took out a loan for that didn't work out. So that, that sucked. Lost money, lost opportunity costs. Uh, but, but it's okay. I think as long as people are learning 
it's the best bang for your buck. I mean, a lot of times when me and Hamid were struggling and not doing well, I just looked back at it as, you know, it's more important to learn how to make a million dollars than to actually make it. And so at any point, at least we learned how to do it. Legal Soft, there's so many employees here, okay? So people come and they're like, oh, you guys like the TV show, like The Office, because we just have so much going on here. Do you think like maybe in the future it'd be something in the works? Like maybe if they want to make a movie out of you or like a TV show, like would you be down for something like that? Not even you playing it, but like someone would play you as a character. Yeah, I mean, it is like a movie show. It is like a TV show. It is like a like succession. It is like Billions. It is like um, Blackberry or we crash any of these movies um you know every sunday the last four or five years hamid and i were meeting every single sunday uh gave up going out countless number of times my friends even stopped calling me because i wouldn't go out with them um every single day we have new companies new projects new investors um so i know we focus around the virtual staffing company uh, but i think what people will see in the next five years is really an end-to-end -end solution for law firms from a law firm starting to the law firm having 300, 400, you know, thousand staff, a part of them. Um, so no, I do think there will be a movie. I do think there will be something about this. Uh, I think what's gonna come the next five years is gonna be something very remarkable. Well, I hope I'm always gonna be here so I can say live, love, black, legal self and kind of see the future because I know it's gonna be so crazy and there's like all the stuff that I've seen in one year. Cause when I came here, it was like 10, 12 people and now there's 50 of us. So kind of just seeing how much it's locally, grown. Another two yeah, that's insane. I don't know any other company. When I started working here, I didn't even know what, well, I knew what virtual staffing was, but not to this extent where it's like, oh, people actually are virtual staff. Cause I thought it was like when COVID happened, you work home like remotely. So you're like a virtual staff, but not so in Ecuador, like Nicaragua, like that's insane. Yeah. Crazy. It's very insane, very crazy. Hopefully I get to travel to all these places and meet everyone. A lot of new initiatives I'm excited to do and I'll be part of it all. Okay, so I know you've like spoken before at like different events. Is there something else in the future that you would want to do, like educate others or like speak about your experiences or what you want to do for the future? Yeah, I think some of the synergies that worked really well at this organization was you know, me and Hamid's similarities. Uh, he's doing it at a different level, his experiences and all that stuff. But I think at the core, passion levels, ambition levels were very similar. Um, and so, you know, from the start, I know, you know, like the passion is growing these businesses. Like whenever we work with any of these new law firms and they, they themselves were like a three, four person staff. And now they're like a 90, hundred person staff. And uh, the firms that we work with now are the firms that a lot of people look up to. And so that's kind of one of the most you know, remarkable things that we do. And a lot of times we lose for years just to make sure we keep our reputation and that firm stuff grow. Uh, and so, yeah, we'd love to continue doing that. On a bigger stage, better stage, the workshops are coming. We're trying to do a lot of new law. <laughs> Drink up your coconut water. <laughs> We're trying to do a lot of new law firm uh, conferences. I think, yeah. you know, what you can learn in, what would take a new attorney four years to learn, uh, we could teach them in six months. And so they can be the same size they'd be in a few years in you know, just a year. And so I think it's important to get that message across. It's important to tell people how to do it. Um, and there's no need for them to you know, delay that process. I see. So let's just say I wanted to book, because I know we do like people do demos or they're watching this and they want to book a demo instead of like going to someone our sales or someone else to like answer that. Can they book directly with you too? And just maybe want to see from your perspective how you've done things is maybe they, what is that word? 
feel maybe closer to you like they like the stuff that you're saying kind of like resonate with what you're like about yeah yeah i get texts all day long and tell us your phone number and then we'll just bleep it out um <laughs> uh, no i mean they could email me they could direct message me on instagram i'm uh, public i i'm on the website i'm everywhere so no i definitely love getting reached out to you're so popular so popular it's pretty crazy. everyone's a piece of you <laughs> No, I mean, hopefully it expands and whatever we've learned here, we can share with other people. Okay, perfect. 10 out of 10. I have no more questions. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Thank you so much for watching our podcast today with the Vice President of Legal Soft, Nathan Sumek. We had a bunch of fun doing chit-chatting, asking questions about his personal stuff that he's done before and about Legal Soft. If you loved our podcast or you're watching it while you drive, make sure to subscribe follow, review, and also send it to your friends so they can also learn more about the different things that happen in law firms so they can get a new perspective that they may not have. If you are not on YouTube, then you can subscribe to the Legal Soft Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and a bunch of different other platforms so you can always have an ears out for the Legal Soft Podcast. Or if you want to be a guest on the Legal Soft Podcast and for me to ask you 21 questions, you can book a call now on our website, www.legalsoft.podcast. Thank you.